Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It is a Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. It's good to have you with us here for the prayer. And uh, we come to you each morning at 9 a.m. And right now we're going to be reading through the book of Leviticus. Uh, we can't read everything. Uh, it is worthy of an in-depth study. I think, actually, you would find uh, find it quite enlightening, actually, to uh, to read it with an, an eye and an ear towards Christ. But we're going to do it uh, just for a few days this week, and that will uh, will assist. In the same way we did last week with Exodus, uh, and we'll do with Numbers next week. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Prayer psalm for the week, Psalm 86. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant, who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love for all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things, you alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seek my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant, and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor, that those who hate me may see and be put to shame, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Good. Our memory verse we say together, A man shall leave his father and his and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. Mark 10, verses 7 through 9. All right, commandments. Fifth commandment, you shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. Sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor 
each other. All right. Continuing in the book of Hebrews, now we're in verse 13 of chapter 6. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. The hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Hmm. There's a lot going on uh, in the text. And uh, again, I encourage you to go back and uh, watch the Hebrews Bible study, which uh, you'll be able to find on YouTube. Just search for um, St. John Random Lake, St. John Sherman Center, something like that, and Hebrews, and you'll find the whole series on the book of Hebrews. The, um, but the, the key here, of course, is that it is Christ who enters into the holy place and the presence behind the veil. That's where the, the Ark of the Covenant is. The high priest could only enter once a year. Now Jesus enters, and actually he's going to bring out the things uh, that were once hidden um, for our good. Right? All right. So, speaking of the sacrificial offerings, we're now on the, back in the outside court where the burnt offerings are laid. This is going to be, yesterday we had the burnt offerings. Today we're going to have the sin offerings. Burnt offerings are given as a free will offering just on the basis of the reflection and thanksgiving on the generosity of God. And now we have the sin offerings. We're going to skip around a little bit because we'll read a bit of chapter four and then into chapter five. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel saying, if a person sins unintentionally against any of the commandments of the Lord in anything which ought not to be done and does them, if a person sins, and here, and then, of course, there's many sacrifices offered. Here again in chapter 5, if a person sins in hearing the utterance of an oath and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of the matter, if he does not tell it, he bears guilt. Or if a person touches an unclean, any unclean thing, whether it is a carcass of an unclean beast, or the carcass of, an unclean, of unclean livestock, or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and he is unaware of it, he also shall be unclean and guilty. Or if he touches human uncleanness, cleanness, whether he, whether uncleanness uh, with which a man may be defiled and he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, then he shall be guilty. Or if a person swears, speaking thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, whether it is a man that a man may pron- pronounce by an oath and he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, then he shall be guilty in any of these matters. And it shall be when he is guilty in any of these matters that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. And he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord for his sin, which he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb, of, or a kid of the goats as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin. If he is not able to bring a lamb, then he shall, then he shall bring to the Lord for his trespass, which he has committed, two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. And he shall bring them to the priest who shall offer that which is for the sin offering first, and wring off its head from its neck, but it shall not divide it completely. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, and the rest of the blood shall be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. 
and he shall offer the second as a burnt offering according to the prescribed manner. So the priest shall make atonement on his behalf for the sin which he has committed, and it shall be forgiven him. But if he is not able to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then he who has sinned shall bring for his offering one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour as a sin offering. He shall put no oil on it, nor shall he put frankincense on it, for it is a sin offering. Then he shall bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it as a memorial portion and burn it on the altar according to the offerings made by fire to the Lord. It is a sin offering. The priest shall make atonement for him, for his sin that he has committed in any of these matters, and it shall be forgiven him. The rest shall be the priest as a grain offering. In other words, for the priest to eat. All right. We miss that part of uh, Leviticus is that many of the burnt sacrifices, they're not burnt until burnt to a crisp, but they're, they're roasted on the fire and then they're eaten, actually. So the priests are able to eat. All right. So um, we didn't go through all of chapter four of Leviticus. I uh, encourage you to do that maybe on your own time later today if you have a chance. Um, but we're dealing there um, with all of the sins that are done unintentionally. All right, so you hear that word repeated throughout, unintentionally, 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 right? Uh, but the sin is that, uh, what sin is identified in verse five, or chapter five? We have um, the sins specifically here regarding, um, well, when he doesn't speak up, when he hears a public charge to testify regarding something that he has seen or learned about, right? So has anyone seen, has, any, has there been any witnesses? And then he refuses to step forward, all right? That is a sin before God, you see? Um, the uh, interesting thing to note here about the sacrifices of the Old Testament is God is not just concerned about um, personal guilt or shame and removing that in the conscience, although that's true, that would be the chief aim. He's also concerned about the sin or the guilt of the community, of, uh, if you like, the liturgical life of the church, but also um, just, if, if you want to speak, the nation, right? that the nation be governed according to God's law, and where there is trespass, that it be confessed and forgiven. It's the only way to actually remedy um, the errors of the state is for the sins to be acknowledged, confessed, and forgiven. And then we move forward. All right. So as much as uh, it seems unlawful <laughs> for pardons, um, uh, you know, a big pardon might actually um, do go a long way to uh, move forward um, when trespass has been done. You might think about what our next president would do um, for all of the shame and scandals that we've borne over the last few years. Maybe just pardon them and let's move on. Okay, um, or release them, you know, if they're still incarcerated. So here, uh, this is going to be important, though, verse 1, in the life of Jesus, bearing, bearing witness when one knows, right? Um, ultimately, the preacher of the gospel is the one who testifies against our sins, the, sin, the very sins that crucified Jesus. All right, and this is related to the Eighth Commandment, bearing false witness. That can also mean failing to speak, right? All right, verse 2, what uh, sins mentioned there, this is the... Uh, accidentally touching an unclean thing. So that's the carcass of a dead animal is a possibility. Even if he didn't know about it, he's still unclean and guilty. All right. Um, there's a famous story that deals with this. That would be the story of Samson in the book of Judges, uh, when he fed his mother and father from the unclean honey that was from that carcass of the lion. All right. Why are things considered unclean in the Old Testament? Or how are they? <laughs> Think why? God says they are. Not always immediately apparent as to why, but he's saying, by his word, he's saying these things are unclean. All right. Um, specific carcasses are mentioned there, by the way. Uh, we have the beasts, the livestock, and the creeping things. All right. 
Then we have verse 3, we have more uncleanness. This is uh, human uncleanness, right? And the specific sin. Then in verse 4 is um, swearing or taking an oath thoughtlessly, even to do evil, or to do evil, or even to do good, right? Uh, so we're very concerned about oaths in the Bible and not, not needlessly making an oath. What was the guilty person to do then according to verses 5 through 6, whether it's the uncleanness or um, the oath take, the false oath or the uh, flippant oath? Bring an offering of a female kid. Well, confess the sin and then bring the trespass offering, which is a female kid, um, lamb or a kid of the goats. All right. So again, why must sacrifice be brought? The priest makes atonement for him concerning his sin. Right? That's why the sacrifices were done. There must be atonement for sin. Sin must be covered. Sin left unforgiven is sin that still is born in the conscience, is ultimately for the Christian. All right? So we've talked quite a bit about this. Um, I have in the, um, the weekly email, and no, it's not in the service holder, but it's in the weekly email at the top. You know, uh, if you're looking to uh, confess and be absolved, the, uh, you come to me privately, right, personally. You can do it publicly, although that usually um, also brings unnecessary sense of shame, all right? Uh, so generally speaking, it's it's better to confess your sins privately so that you can be absolved privately and have that sin cast to the, as far as it is, well, from the east, from the west, right? Okay, so I notice who's making the atonement, by the way, here. In verse 6, it's the priest. Then we have the uh, sacrifice of the poor. We talked about this less yesterday when it came to the um, burnt offering, but now here with the sin offerings, we have the sacrifice of, again, turtle doves or pigeons, two of them. All right, and uh, why two sin offering and another burnt offering, right? All right, so we heard about the burnt offerings yesterday in chapter one, but here they are again. And uh, here, when there's an offering made for sin, there's also an offering made um, as a burnt offering. Same thing with the blood. As we heard yesterday, the, um, the blood would be sprinkled on the side of the altar. Yesterday, we heard it was the east side and uh, drained out at the base of the altar. All right, so the blood is drained out. And then, according to verse 10, what is the result you know, for the sacrifice done according to the prescribed manner following the burnt offering? The priest makes atonement on behalf for the sin he has committed, and it shall be forgiven him. All right? This is why reading the book of Leviticus is so important. You find out that a sacrifice must be made for sin, yes, Christ Jesus, so that your sin is forgiven. The whole Bible is oriented towards death and resurrection, or if you prefer, sins confessed and forgiven. Mm. All right, it's very important. Uh, what was to be done if a person could not bring the two turtle doves or two pigeons? Then we have, we actually have another kind of uh, um, offering that can be made, and that's one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour as a sin offering. All right. uh, and here, uh, no oil added, no frankincense added. Uh, frankincense was added to the showbread, right, that was baked and given to the priest, or for the priest, but not, um, not this flour. All right. And again, why was the sin forgiven? <laughs> because the Lord declared uh, the, the declared his sins forgiven by his word attached to the sacrifice. We talked at length about this in uh, Bible class on Sunday. So you can go back or watch and listen to that. Ezekiel 36, where we verse, verses 16 to 25. So find the Bible study on that. And you'll find um, that we talked quite a bit about how it's actually God's word attached to the sign that makes it what it is. All right. And uh, so we don't... We're not looking for new and additional rituals. We have the ones that Christ has instituted by his word. Right? And these have been um, abrogated now as the temple has been destroyed, of course, 
And Jesus tore that temple tur- curtain in two, revealing that he is the sacrifice for sin. And to him, we, ha- we go to him um, for atonement and f- for sins forgiven. All right. So what's the priest allowed to do as well with that uh, grain offering? Uh, yeah, he only burns a handful of it as a sacrifice, and he was allowed to take the rest for himself. Right, so the priest is provided for by the sacrifices made by the people. Hmm? All right, so um, this is something that came up yesterday, but I think it's worth mentioning here too. Um, well, no, it actually no, it's here in this reading. That's right. We talk about uh, unknowingly or thoughtlessly sins that uh, prick the conscience are the ones that need uh, to be forgiven. Right, it isn't to say that we don't have sins that we're unaware of, it, but here the key was like in verse four. When he realizes it, then he shall be guilty. Right? It's not that there is no guilt ahead of time, um, but the need to to make well sacrifice for forgiveness is when it when it's known in the conscience. All right, uh, and that could come from others when they make you aware of it, or it could come by some other means, I suppose. All right. So the catalog of sins was not intended to identify those sins that are the worst or the best, or worst or, or greater or less but to stress the need for the atonement of all sins, even those we're not aware of, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. The Jews of Jesus' day did not speak up in his defense and later heard in Peter's Pentecost sermon that they were held responsible, even though they did not believe they had crucified the Son of God. The reference to the unclean thing reminds us that what God declares unclean is unclean by virtue of the declaration, the binding key. Likewise, what God calls clean or forgiven is certainly forgiven by God's declaration, the loosing key. Thus, God's declaration is true. Through the sacrifices, sin was atoned for and forgiven without any merit or worthiness on the part of the individual. All those sacrifices were made certain by God's declaration, which was firmly based on the sacrifice of his Son upon the cross. Still today, it is by God's word that we are declared righteous. It is his declaration spoken by the pastor in private absolution that is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. Okay, let's sing our hymn for the week. I am Jesus' little lamb. Quiet waters flow 
who so happy as I am, even now the shepherd's lamb. And when my short life is ended, by his angel host attended, he shall fold me to his breast, there within his arms to rest. Prepare a collect for the week. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. And because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins against the fifth commandment, strengthen our faith in Jesus, so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of marriage where you join together a man and a woman in love for each other, and when it is your will to become a father and a mother. Strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we lead a pure and decent life in what we say and do, and grow to be faithful husbands and wives who love and honor our spouses. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray this day for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, and for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We also pray with Shinar celebrating uh, birthday. Also, Kyle celebrating his baptism. We pray for the households of our church, especially Tom, Dale, and Pam, Stephen, Morgan, Aaron, Chad, and Jolene, and Dennis. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Pam, Joe, Kelsey, Dennis, Naomi, Christopher, Marcy, and Sophie, Brad, Ron, Doug, and Bev, Donna, Joan, Jim, and Pat, Wendell, Darlene, and President Willie. Pray for our homebound. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church especially the Federwitz families. We pray in intercession for the Tupper family and continue to pray for our students and teachers. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation of prayer for today, uh, Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. It's good to have you with us here. I hope it's been a blessing to you and provide some uh, meat on the bones of the sacrifices (laughs) so that you understand what's going on there. Um, You can see the delightful intersection between uh, clean and unclean that we've been, we talked about in Ezekiel uh, at, at length and how important uh, for Ezekiel, trained as a priest, the, um, the application of the temple, well, and before that tabernacle rites of um, forgiving sins, right, is actually there. And we're, we started to dig into it in chapter 36 on Sunday, and we'll get more of it this next Sunday, but to sprinkle clean water upon us, to make us clean, right? That's that language of forgiveness too. All right, 
With that, I bid you fond farewell. We'll see you again in the morning at 9 a.m. God be with you all. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.